Have you ever been falsely accused of something? I think we've all been there. Yeah. Even as pastors, sometimes it can happen quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And yet here we see Jesus in this text show us how to handle an accusation. Yeah, I have to confess. I've probably denied right accusations against me more than I've been falsely accused. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is interesting here. You see Jesus not run his mouth when people are coming at him. And we and will just see why. just lies being told about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No worse. All right. We're in Luke chapter 23. This is Between the Lines. I'm Junior. I'm Scott. And Junior's going to start reading. It says, Then the entire council took Jesus to Pilate, the Roman governor. They began to state their case. This man has been leading our people astray by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government by claiming that he is the Messiah, a king. Now, there is a truth here and a lie. Because Jesus just got done telling him to render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but you do see them playing the political game of, you know, they take him to Pilate. It's like, hey, Pilate, here's why you should care. He's telling him not to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. So Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Pilate turned to the leading priest into the crowd and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they became insistent, but he is causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem. And of course... They weren't riots. There were huge crowds that were were there, but they called them riots. Oh, is he a Galilean, Pilate asked. When they said that he was, Pilate sent him to Herod Antipas because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction, and Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at the time. And actually, Pilate just didn't want to have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've done that, right? Mm -hmm. Get something on our desk, and it's like, where can I I push this to? Verse 8 says, Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Jesus because he had heard about him and had been hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle. Now, this would be the same Herod who put John the Baptist to death. Mm -hmm. Right, Dad? Yep. He asked Jesus question after question, but Jesus refused to answer. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law stood there shouting their accusations. Then Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. Finally, they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Mm -hmm. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. It's interesting here. It's a common, yeah, common problem where a common enemy brings people together. Yeah. And Jesus was silent at his trial. And actually in the next few verses, we're going to see him remain silent. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, I like this thought of the idea that Jesus was silent at his trial so that he could speak up at your trial one day. Mm. Because one day you will stand before God and there will be accusations. And he will be your defender. And Jesus will be your defender. And so Jesus is quiet here so that he can speak up at yours. Mm-hmm. Dad, you want to take it to verse 13? Sure. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I've examined him thoroughly on this point and in your presence and find him innocent. Here it came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. Which, you know, he wasn't even guilty of flogging, but he's like, he's trying to appease them. Then a mighty roar arose from the crowd with one of the, one of voice they shouted, kill him and release Barabbas to us. And actually, Matthew gives a little bit more information because he had, he had actually brought, Pilate brought this to them saying, hey, I need to release one person. How about, how about Barabbas? And, uh, or how about Jesus? And either Jesus or Barabbas. And we have parentheses here. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. So he really was guilty of death. Of a death I mean, he's a thug. Yeah. He's really what he is. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, crucify him, Jesus, crucify him. For the third day he demanded, uh, third time he demanded, why? What crime has he committed? I found no reason to sentence him to death. 
So I'll have them flogged and then I'll release him. And then, of course, the flogging part of it, man, I, that, that, that in and of itself is horrible. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison, for insurrection and murder. But he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. Yeah, now here we see Pilate is a man who really doesn't want to be part of this story. But he is. Tried to pass it off, and yet Jesus kept on coming back on his desk. Mm -hmm. I think for some of us... Might you might be right there where you know you listen to this podcast, kind of interested in scripture, maybe a little bit, but the reality is you haven't embraced Jesus. Now you might be interested, like Pilate was interested in Jesus, but he just didn't embrace Jesus. And I do wonder how many people that are listening mm-hmm. are that way. Yeah, both we'll, Pilate and Herod had an interest in Jesus. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are dating God. Yeah but they've never actually said the vows. They've never actually no, married made a him. commitment. Yeah. And I think that I think, I, you know, and I think I, I know I speak for both of us when I say more than getting a million downloads this mm-hmm. next week, it would be far, far cooler to get an email from somebody mm-hmm. saying, Hey, that was the day where I decided I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be pilot anymore who, you know, just intrigued by Jesus, but would really not, rather not go there, but I'm totally in. Nothing more thrilling than that. Yes. If you have not yet made that commitment, consciously said yes to God, I'm attaching myself to Jesus in faith. Yeah. Do that now. And I and both Junior and I would love to hear yeah. about it. And if not, what's holding you back? That's really the bigger question. Yeah. What what is actually holding you back from embracing your creator? And because being interested in it isn't enough. No. It's commitment. And it it and it does tie into our Ecclesiastes verse for today. We're looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 7. The highlighted verse for us today is, a wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool only thinks about having a good time. Yeah. At some point, anybody who follows Jesus has decided, I'm going to think about death because there's, there's not, not a ton of benefits in this earth when it mm-hmm. comes to following Jesus. Yeah, Because he asks us to sacrifice, to take up our own cross and follow Jesus. Yeah, and, he, and he does say, he, he says very clearly, in this world you will have trouble. Yep. But take heart, I've overcome the world. That's, That's right. for eternity. That's right. So live for eternity today. Yes, embrace Jesus. And if you have already embraced Jesus, have you been thinking about eternity when it comes to your day today? When it comes to the job you have, the task list you have, the meetings you have, the people that you're going to come into contact with, how can you make an eternal impact today? Because you are supposed to. God asks you to make an eternal impact today. What's it going to look like today? It's in conversation. It's in attitudes. And it's in how we give of ourselves. Hey, it's great being with you again today. We look forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow.